Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandy Benson is about to come on and rock your world. This woman is a survivor, a thriver, a champion, overcomer of cancer, and just an absolutely stellar powerhouse. And uh, you're going to be super inspired by her journey, what she has overcome, and just hearing from her. Definitely stay tuned because this is going to be a powerful interview. Before we dive in, I just want to say thank you for being here, for choosing to be and become your greatest possible self. Thank you so much. Next up is our iTunes review of the week, and this week it's by Jenny Bell. Jenny Bell says, so much value. Chris obviously pours his heart and soul into the podcast and marathon. He brings out the best in his guests, sharing their gifts with the world. Jenny Bell, we absolutely do that. Thank you so much for that review. If you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self on the Apple Podcast Store. Give us a review there. Let us know what you love, what you want to see more of, how we can improve the show for you. Thank you so much. I'm going to introduce Brandy in just a sec. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. This is going to be a powerful interview. Definitely stick around all the way through to the end because one idea has the power to change everything for you. Brandy Benson is an American speaker, author, and founder of the premier employment service company, Resume Advantage. A former U.S. Army soldier who is now the author of the acclaimed book, The Enemy Inside Me, and has been featured on radio, TV magazines, and international media platforms, including ABC, NBC, CNN, Fox, CW, New York Journal, and will be honored with an award for the, from the Sarcoma Foundation of America on October 2nd, 2020. And in 20, 2009, after being diagnosed with a rare form of, of cancer, Ewing sarcoma, Brandy fought to overcome her diagnosis, heal after her treatments, and reclaimed her life through therapy, physical activities, and other healthy living practices. Through her speaking engagements and, and signature topic, Overcoming the Enemy Inside of You, culled from the title of her acclaimed book, Brandy transforms the lives of her, of her audience by encouraging them to pursue different avenues of physical and mental therapy to ch take charge of their healing and wellness. And we are blessed to have Brandy with us here today. Are you ready to rock it, Superwoman? I'm so ready. Uh, and that intro is super long. I got to shorten that up. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, you are a, a champion. I love your shirt. Humankind. Oh, no, be right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I saw I saw on your um, Facebook wall like the avatar, the video, the TikTok video of your avatar, like changing out yeah. the items and stuff. I was like, yes, yes, it was it was so good. So you need to laugh because it's so depressing. Yes. I'm like, I just like I'm a people pleaser. I like to make people laugh and make them happy. So. Yes. I love it. I love it, Brandy. You're you're a champion. So we're gonna dive right in. The theme of today is create your breakthrough. What does that mean for you? Create your breakthrough. Gosh. Well, to me, create your breakthrough would definitely be 
understanding uh, the values and the lessons that you've learned in your life, and then mm -hmm. being able to use those tools and those resources to power up your next move. Mm. So maybe some sort of um, something backfired and it didn't it didn't work out, but you can use those lessons that you've learned and then reapply them for a new breakthrough or something mm. that's transformative in the future. Gold. I love it. Brandy, yeah. you're, you're a powerhouse. So I mentioned a little bit about who you are, what you stand for, but tell us more about Resume Advantage and uh, who your clients are, what they come to you for, and you do speaking as well. Just tell us a little bit more. All right. So I um, am the owner, founder, not the CEO because there's only a couple of us there. So let me say the owner, the founder okay. of Resume Advantage. And we do employment services. So we do a lot of resumes and cover letters. We do uh, professional bios. Um, we do some marketing, some graphic design, some website stuff, but it's more so for those who are um, trying to get in like the, the interview process. So you want to get the interview, you want to get the job. So we kind of prepare you for that. We also do um, interview preparation. So um, it's about 15 minutes. We get the questions for you. We mm. do like a simulation of what they're going to be asking, how you need to answer the questions wow. and the star format. A lot of people don't know that. But you need it. That's how you answer them. It's called star formats. The situation, ask, uh huh, the action, and the results. And that's wow. how you answer the questions in the interview. And it gets it just you know really quick. Um, communicating your value, just teaching people how to um, present themselves well and sell themselves to the employer, so they say you like this one right there. Yes. So we get you ready for the interview. And um, our customer base is mostly military right now, and I think that's only because we'll, I, I'm really close to military base in Savannah, Georgia. So we have Fort Stewart, we have Hunter over here, and those people are always transitioning out. So we get a lot of those people leaving from the military sector, coming to the civilian world or coming re-entering back into that world, and they need help translating what the jargon is in military terms to civilians so everybody knows what you're doing and, you know, what's going on. Um, yeah, so that's basically what we do and who we, we service, we service all types of people. You can be an executive, a CEO, um, you can be a blue collar, white collar. We do all, all the resumes. So just, just come to us. We got it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it, Brandy. This is this is gold. So um, you've had your own journey. I, I think that's one of the biggest aspects of who you are today, and your your championing of of people of humankind. And uh, I want to I want to share with our audience about that journey and and yeah. what it was like for you. So take us back to where you want to catch our audience up with uh, what happened. All right. So in two thousand nine, I was twenty four years old. And I was kind of lost, like the regular college kid. They don't really know what they're going to be doing, what's happening, or what's really life is really about. Right. Really, um, had a younger sister who ended up joining the military before I decided to go, and she went. I went to her graduation. I ended up like boohooing, crying. It was so touching. I'm like, wow, my younger sister is doing amazing things, and I'm sitting here going to college. I'm you know, not really sure of what I want to do, but she's going to get a jump start in her career. Her mm. student loans are going to get paid off. She's going to go to school for free. And I'm like, oh. and she has a job <laughs> and she's working. And I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm like, that's what I should do. So I decide, or she talks me into it. Mm. Um, I'm going to join the military too. She, you know, what I saw, you know, I'm sold. So yeah. I decided to join the military and I, it was, you know, I did basic training, did AIT, did all of that. And I did really well. Um, I was maxed out on all my physical tests, my the, um, the P, P, 
the PT test, physical test. Did really well on that. Um, I never had a problem or issue with that. I played sports my entire life. I was the kid in seventh grade who was taking the the seniors' positions in basketball and soccer. Wow. Everybody hated me because I was just so athletic. You know, it was really easy. I could grasp, you know, um, hand and eye coordination really well. So military was just like a breeze for me. So I joined, and um, I also was wanting to play soccer. So I was like, okay, maybe I can get a job that would allow me to play soccer for the military. You know, I could defend my country, play for my country, represent my country. Boom. How awesome would that be? You know, that, like, I would love to do that. And then I, you know, I played sports forever. So that's what the original goal was, to play for my country, defend the country, and to go to school. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why I, I, I joined um, initially. So. Um, long story short with that part, um, I was at my main duty station for one month and nine days. And when I got there, I was told that I was going to Iraq and I was like, um, that's not on my list. You know, I don't know <laughs> that's going to be so smart. Like I just learned how to shoot a gun, just learned how to you know throw a grenade the correct way. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. But that might not be so smart, you know, but I ended up going down there. And then when I was there. Um, I was maybe deployed for about uh, five and a half months. And then I ended up getting this tumor in my leg and it was called, it's called, a, it's called Ewing sarcoma. And I didn't know what it was at the time. I really honestly thought because I was just so naive and so like, you know, invincible, nothing's going to happen to me. I'm so healthy. This is, this is, you know, cancer never crossed my mind. So I was just working out constantly, constantly. And one of the, um, the reasons I was working out so hard was because I was going to get some days off to, to get more rest. Right. And that's one of the symptoms is you're so tired. And no matter how much rest I got, I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. But that's because of what was like happening inside my body. I had this enemy trying to kill me and like, you know, do all these crazy things. And I had no idea. So every time I would go to bed, I just wake up like beyond exhausted. Like felt like I had been awake with like 10 babies in the room. Like I'm so tired mm-hmm. and I couldn't, not be tired. So I dedicated all my free time to working out really hard. And, and I attributed that to why I was so exhausted. Right. Like I ended up getting a tumor. My roommates talked me into, you know, getting the, um, the can or the tumor looked at. And then I discovered it's Ewing sarcoma cancer. And that's when everything went haywire and life took a turn and, you know, everything, the old Brandy died and this new person came about. But about eleven years ago. Wow. So <laughs> what? What? How did? How did you respond when it happened? And, and like, you know, how? What was the initial impression on you? And like, how did you move forward through it? I definitely thought I was gonna die at first because everybody that I have talked to, the stuff I looked up on on the internet, hmm. um, the doctors that were talking to me, just the prognosis of having sarcoma is really bad because. When you get it, it's it's so rare and so aggressive. First of all, nobody knows what it like if you have it or not because um, it could be in the bone. So like your bone could like have like a like a growth spurt, and so your bones are a little achy, they're a little sore, or you might have like a little tumor, but the tumor is like really deeply embedded in a cavity, so you won't notice it or see it because it's so down deep in here. Wow. Which that's how mine was, and I would have never known anything. If I didn't, I was stretching that day and I pulled my leg up to my chest and I saw this lump protruding. I'm like, what is that? 
would have never known if I would have, if I wasn't somebody who worked out and stretched and did all that, I would have never known. It would just continuously grew and grew and grew and grow. So, um, just being aware of what's going on and, you know, I just, I had no clue. I just, mm-hmm. I was, I, I really thought I was going to die though, but that was initially before mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm not listening to what everybody's telling me what the internet is saying. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to, I have like, I'm take back my life, you know, I'm mm-hmm. going to take it back. But initially I was really nervous or I thought it was, everybody thought I was going to die. The so priest like if, if someone gets news of like some kind of diagnosis or prognosis or whatever it might be, like what would you recommend to people to do as far as like a mindset um, shift or what, like how to go about moving forward? Mm-hmm. Um, I would, you, so definitely finding out what type of cancer is, what's the stage, um, where it's located. Um, and then also finding out what the treatment, what they recommend, right? Yep. Um, is it possible for you to do alternative treatments and in, in medicines? I mean, is that something that could be, um, are you able to do that? And this is, okay, I want to say this because, so as I've been like talking about the sarcoma and um, and I get all these text messages and all these messages online or Instagram, and they'll all tell me, okay, well, what do we do? And I'm like, well, of course, talk to your doctor, find out what's going on. But I've noticed a lot of them, once they are not, uh, once they don't have cancer anymore, they stop the treatment and mm. then they go out, they go elsewhere and they try something else. Mm. When I had the choice of the option, to, I didn't have a choice of the option uh, to do that. I was in the military and I was their property. So I had to continue on with their wow. the treatment. Wow. But I would say, find out if you, if your body is still under that, the same circumstances. Are you, do you, do you still have cancer? Are you cancer free? If you are cancer free, do you really want to continue with the treatment? Because it's so harsh on the body. You're literally poisoning yourself. Like it's the most horrendous and just, I don't know how to, like you're literally like, just imagine drinking poison like for days, you know? And then you have to like be on the brink of death. Then they bring you back with fluids and like medication and, but it's like, it's so uncomfortable, but yeah, just, you know, explore your options and see what it is and then find out what stage you're in and, you know, what are your other options? And then also be very aware of like what's going on and what people are saying, get the negative Mm. people out of your life, Mm. Uh, bring some positivity in there. I always tell people there's this new show, it's called Heal. Have you Mm. heard of it? It's on, I believe it's Netflix. Uh It's on Netflix. And it's exactly about that. It's about how the body is able to heal itself when it's in like a nice homeostasis like point where there's not a lot of stress and, you know, you're eating right and you're eating healthy and you're like, you know, meditating and you're being calm. Like you need to be in that kind of environment. You don't need to be in like fight or flight 24 seven because that's just not healthy for you. <laughs> that's that's I would say what typically causes the disease, the 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 you know like things that go wrong in our body, like even cancers. You know, like you were so young though, it's like that for something like that can't necessarily correlate it to like unhealthy lifestyle or anything like that. You know, it's like yeah, there's so many rat. different causes. I was in Iraq and we got bombed all the time. It's mm. like think so when you're under stress all the time, yeah. like the cells yeah. create. I don't remember, expose, expose, something, something with E-X-P-O, something, but they create this, 
they, they give off this, this chemical mm. and it poisons the cell when you're really stressed wow. out all the time. So wow. it could have been, I could have got it myself because well, that's a big jug of water. <laughs> that's right. Is it, is it cortisol or are you, were you saying cortisol or no? Maybe it's that. Maybe it's the cortisol. I know cortis cortisol is like the fight or flight um, chemical that like activates, but if there's like a slow drip or even a big drip of it long term, it like eats, a eats away at your adrenal adrenals and things like that. Well, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I just know that you don't need to be stressed out. It's terrible. <laughs> you know, stress makes lots of diseases. Yeah, yeah. So um, after that, you, you bounced back, so to speak. And what, what happened? What did you say you're going to do with your life? Oh, yeah. So after I find out that I'm not going to die, and I, <laughs> I took the whole rest of my life, and I, I kind of make a promise to myself. So first, let me rewind. I had to have a nephew, but at the time he was really young. He was like two or three. It was going to be three. He was really young. And I was really sad that I was going to die mm -hmm. and not get to know him or go to his soccer games or, you know, interact or he wasn't even going to know me. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, how can I make sure that I leave something for him? So he remembers me, something, mm -hmm. something tangible for him versus like looking at pictures. I mean, you don't really, there's, there's not too much you can do with that. Plus he's a little kid. He's not going to remember. Um, so I started writing a journal and the journal was for him about what we were doing, where we're going, what's he doing, what's going on in our lives right now. And I made a promise to myself that if I got to live, that I was going to change these journals into a book someday. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm proud to say I kept that promise. I did. And then also too, I made it like a little, little, um, a little clip a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was 2018 or 19, uh -huh. a little while ago. Um, made a little clip about like a little trailer for my book that I had coming up. And in one of the clips that we were doing, I made sure I interviewed my nephew, but we didn't put it on the, on the segment there. And we're like, you know, talking like, do you remember anything from the hospital? You know, what was going on? He's like, I don't remember anything. I'm like, that's exactly why I wrote a book, wow. <laughs> you know? So he yeah. remembers something or see what was going on, what I was going through. You had an aunt that cared a lot about you and, from whatever reason it was, I wasn't able to stay on earth that long, you know, mm -hmm. but I wanted to leave something for him. And that's what I ended up doing. So writing those journals, you wanted to leave like a legacy. You wanted to, to share about what the experience was more than just pictures or, or videos mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. Um, right. What was different about how you looked at life in addition to wanting to, you know, leave a legacy and share what your experience was like? Like, how did you see life differently? How did you interact with people differently? What changed about your, your mission, you know? Uh, everything changed. I remember <laughs> one time I was in, uh, we were, it was Silver Spring, it was in Maryland, and, we, you know, I, I'd be able to get passes to leave when my counts were high enough. We were at this place called Egg Spectation. Mm. We were eating and stuff, and there was this couple that was arguing, and they were fighting. And I can, it was really cold outside, and I could see, like, you know, the breath outside and stuff. And I'm like, what the, why are they arguing? Like, why are they fighting? Life is so short. You know, if I get to live, I'm never going to be arguing and fighting. Like, mm. I just had this whole different mindset of, of like, I'm not going to waste my life. I'm going to do the things that make me happy. And, you know, I don't want to, like, worry about putting other people down. And I just, I, I became very humble and then mm. very, like, transparent about, like illnesses and traumas and things that were happening and just 
really sympathetic to other people and empathetic because I can, I'm on both sides of spectrums now. I can, I know how it feels to be, to be sick or to have something really traumatic happen to you and you not know what's going to happen in the future. And then, you know, and then watching the, the people that were on the ward that ended up passing away and dying and watching really close friends of my one day they're there and the next night they're gone. So I just feel like it just really made me more relatable to people. And I'm able to also like serve as some sort of like advice if they need help with something. Like, I just feel like I'm here to help people and to let them know that life is hard sometimes and we're going to be, there's going to be adversity, but we don't have to give up and that we have the choice to push on. And that's really what it is right now is just, helping those and, and, um, letting them know that life is going to be okay and, um, not to give up, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're here. This is life. Life is, is beautiful. It's ugly. It's painful. It's, it's lovely, but that's what, that's like the whole, that's the reason of, of, of us being here. You know, we're here to experience this. It's part of it. Everything can't be great. Right. In all, in all the dimensions, in all the contrast, right? The experience is not meant to be, all right, you're on cloud nine for the rest of your life. Like, have fun. You know, it's like, right. no, there's, there needs to be some contrast to say, okay, well, this is, I really value this joy. I really value this peace. I really value this health because I, I know what it's like to not have these things. Exactly. How can you understand the difference between anything if you only experience one side? There's nothing mm-hmm. to judge from, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so powerful. Um, I want to talk about, you were mentioning today, like the chaos and the stress and uncertainty that's in the world today. I think it's really just like amplified, right? There's a lot, lot of energy that is amplifying people. And um, I want to know, how do you feel like going through that adversity equipped you to show up today powerfully as your best self? I don't know how to explain it, but I always feel like it's going to be okay, no matter mm-hmm. what. I'm all in. So I also learned this too with the cancer stuff and then kind of just going on in life and just in general, but like, so we're here to experience these experiences and these things. And I just know that it's going to be over sometime, you know, yep. this is, this uh, pandemic is not going to last forever. Right. Old paper is going to be back on the shelf someday. You know, <laughs> things are, it's like, it's not going to be this horrible, terrible mm. experience. So I just really just, I don't want to say I'm enjoying it. I'm just like being aware what's going on and like kind of just like taking notes about stuff and then i'm saying like in you know in 10 years i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about you know how i was walking my dog and there's you know nobody on the street anymore you know just just taking what it's for it's just the experience it's living in the moment really it's you know because it's not going to be forever this is not going to be forever Mm. so i i just feel less worried about stuff yeah you know i appreciate what you said though about like how can, how can I enjoy this? How can I stay in my joy? How can I stay in my, my bliss, my high vibe, my love, you know, even when so many people are clinging to and living in fear, like how can I have compassion and grace and understanding for that while still not saying, okay, well, because everyone's in fear or a lot of people are in fear, I have to bring myself down and experience that fear with them because that's like, that is what's relatable. That's what, you know, it would have them connect with me. It's like being able to empathize while still staying connected with your empowerment, with your, you know, groundedness and, and, um, just sense of security, like without getting like all the trigger, all the fear triggered up inside of us. 
right and it is kind of hard to find that balance because i do have oh, some yeah. friends who really like think the world's going to end and i kind of just you know stay away from that because <laughs> I, don't, I can't it's like i can't give them my energy with that because i don't yeah. agree with you know so when i start saying you know what it's going to be okay you know whatever their answers are and it's like then it kind of turns into like a little match of you know good and bad but it's like right. it, it have to be like that so i just right. remove myself and i just you know stay in my own little bubble yeah. I, i'm walking my dog and of course i'm you know abiding by the rules and social distancing and doing all those great things but i'm also like thinking about what my goals are what am i going to do after this yep. this uh after this is over everybody's mm. going to be looking for a job i'm like well how can i capitalize on that how yeah. can i what package can i put together yep. you know who is going to be my new my new um my new market like what am i who's the target audience like you know i'm kind of like trying to figure out what my next move is going to be because it's going to i'm going to be busy yeah <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a great yeah. thing the great thing yeah, you know great. and i i really feel like you're going into this saying how can i thrive through this how can i thrive even if i may not necessarily you know have people banging on my door right now although they might be you know it's mm -hmm. like i know that there's there's a situation that's going on where a lot of people um feel like they don't know what to do and so it's like they there's no there's no hope for them so to speak some people yeah. might not feel the hope of i'm going to go get a job and actually when i do apply when i do put in a resume of course they're going to hire me people aren't yeah. necessarily thinking like that but at yeah. some point yeah. They will at some point, yeah. like things will shift and they'll say, okay, it's now it's time, uh, right. because it's, it's, you know, the world's changing, it's safe, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. And, and then they'll, they'll come to you. How can you be ready and prepared to handle that massive flow when it comes? Right. right. Or, or even like, uh, working on yourself yeah. or this is a great time. People are like, I don't have time for the gym. Well, now you do. Shoot. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you have time to take a walk around. You have time to do some crunches. Yep. You have time learn some new recipes you have nothing but time on your hands so i'm like you know if you, if you don't come out here come out of this like stronger and a mm. better person like mm. something's wrong you know you had mm. so much time on your hands because before that was the excuse you didn't have time now you have all the time in the world yep you know? when when you talk to someone who um is making excuses and more so being in the victim energy. You you were such a victor, um, you know, going through that through cancer and coming out on the other side. Like, how do you relate to those people who are like, I don't know if I can do it, you know? Like, and I think that there's a difference between like being not being open to 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 a solution and just people being stuck and you know wallowing in their pity kind of thing. And people who are like, man, I just don't know how. Like, I I, I feel like I've tried everything. I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like the world's against me. But what can I do? Like, how do you right. relate to those people? I feel like it is a learned behavior. And I feel like mm. you can you can teach an old dog tricks. Still, it doesn't matter yep. how old a person is. You can always change. You can always enhance things or take away. But <clears throat> I definitely feel like if there is somebody who is like that, I always tell them, it's not like a story or anything, but I always tell them that there we are all made of the same thing, right? Mm. We yep. all have organs and eyes and you know a brain and we have thoughts and some people are millionaires some people are, are broke mm. and i say well what's the difference between you and the other person essentially it's yourself you're you're the one who's stopping yourself from being the best versions or version of yourself and i tell them that we all have this elite person inside of us yep. this amazing person we all have this person that um people can drive and pull inspiration from 
You know, you can be the funny person, you can be the happy person, you can be whatever you want. Why choose to be the victim if you don't mm. have to, you know? Mm. Why? Why why would you if you want things to change, why don't you try? Why mm. not try some new things? If you don't like where you're at, try some new steps. Yeah. Why not? And so I always tell them, you know, it's it, anybody can do it. Anything's possible. And that's mm. it was just it's just been embedded inside of me. My mother has instilled this in my parents have I've been brought up like that so that's probably why it's so easy for me to believe that when I would you know when I was little and I, I would talk to my mom and I'd be like I want to make it on this you know basketball team or I want this she'd be like well you have to practice and you know you're just not going to get it you have to put effort into yep. it but why can't you have it you have to put the work in if you want it you can have it but I grew up my parents have always you know there's nothing difference between that millionaire and me, you know, if I want it that bad, you can have it. Yep. You just have to find the means, the resources and, and that, that, that path to get yep. there. So if that's what I would tell them, you know, yeah. you can be whatever you want. Anything's possible. Anything. Boom. Boom. Yeah. I love it. Um, converting the journals into the book. What was that like? <sighs> you know, that was, it was interesting. So when I, so when I first wrote, when I wrote, the journals. So they, of course, they all had entries and it kind of, you know, it was like mumble jumble. Um, a lot of it didn't make it to the actual book because I had to create, a, you know, the book piece. I had to make it more of a book, not like a journal. Um, uh, before it made the book, I, I, I had the journal and I entered into a program called um, Savannah College of Art and Design. Mm-hmm. And I got an MFA in writing. And to do that, you needed to put a thesis together. So this entire time while I'm in this program, I'm using, I know I want to write a book one day and I know I want to use this thesis for my journal. You know, I want to somehow make that correlate. Uh, So I'm pulling pieces from my journal and I'm putting things together and I'm like secretly making a book. And so when I finished everything and I submitted my thesis to my committee, they said, oh my God, this is amazing. They're like, and so they encouraged me to finish it. And I'm like, you know, I'm done with this thing. It's, I don't want to, I don't want to have to keep putting more effort into it. I just want to put it out there. Um, but it was very, uh, therapeutic. I remember like, like revisiting some of the scenes and like crying a little bit and like, just, it's just so crazy to think that I did that, you know, mm-hmm. like, wow, that, that's my story. I went through all of that. I did all, I had, I had the crazy cancer. I had my adductor muscle removed. I watched my friends die. I was in Iraq. You know, and it's just like, wow, you know, because it's like 10 years ago and it it's it's still just so mind boggling that I had to go. I went through that, you know, so it's just even even though it's been time and I still have this really long scar on my leg and can't run or do the things that I used to do. It's still just like, wow, you know, it's mm-hmm. still surreal. But when I read the book and I and I and I um. I revisit it. It just brings a lot of emotions up. Makes me kind of sad. Makes me happy that I got to live. Then sad because you know I got robbed of this, all the stuff that I wanted to do, but that wasn't in my cards. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just a crazy, crazy story. My story. Yeah, yeah, and you, you're owning it in such a way that you want to contribute it to others. You, you want to, you want to contribute the lessons, the wisdom so that it makes a difference for others. And you're, you're speaking as well. I want to hear a little bit more about how you got started speaking and sharing about this with audiences. Yeah. So, um, I do 
different types of talks. Um, right now, I've been doing a lot about the enemy inside you, and it kind of, you know, it plays off of my book. And the enemy inside you is a metaphor. So that could be adversity. It could be um, some sort of hardship, um, something that's not allowing you to be the best version of yourself. That's the enemy um, inside of you. So that's what it's about. So I'll go in there. We'll just talk about my story and what happened with me, um, how the enemy inside me was cancer trying to take over my life, Mm -hmm. how I didn't let it stop me how uh, I took all of these lessons that I learned and I kind of just like recreated myself. So now I'm a speaker. I'm talking about adversity and these things that are stopping people. Um, I'm, I'm helping veterans that have either been displaced and come back into this to society or this, you know, civilian sector and helping them find jobs and placing them. And, um, you know, I wrote a book and it's just, it's just really taken on its own. Um, you know, a life of its own, because I initially, I didn't think I would be doing this. You know, I wasn't ready. And I used to last, and I just started doing this last year. Uh, I used to be so nervous and so scared when I would do podcasts. I would like write all my answers down about what I was going to be saying. And I would just be, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but now it's, it's, it's a, it's a breeze. And I, I enjoy talking to people and spreading awareness about sarcoma because a lot of people don't know about it. They know about breast cancer and lung cancer and, you know, uh, t- um, uh, stomach cancer, you know, just the regular cancers. Nobody really knows anything about sarcoma. It's like the redheaded stepchild of all the cancers. You know, mm. nobody knows about it. And let alone people can't even pronounce the name correctly. Ewing sarcoma. Like they, nobody knows anything. And if we had more awareness about it and uh, early detection because we were speaking about it, you would save lives mm. and their limbs because that you know affects the limbs of the body. So, mm. but uh, that's what my mission is: is just uh, spreading awareness about it and uh, letting people know that after you survive a traumatic event, whether it's cancer mm-hmm. or whether it's a divorce or you've lost somebody you love, some sort of horrendous accident, whatever the trauma is, mm. that you need mental stability, mental fitness to be able to like bounce back. You yeah. know, you can't always live in the past and constantly thinking about the past and bringing it up and what happened to you in the past, you have to move on, you know? So I, I try to teach people tools and how to do that. And, you know, letting them know that you have to let go of that old person because you're no longer, you know, that old Chris, you're a new Chris now, you know, you gotta, you have a, an amazing experience, amazing chance to reinvent yourself. You know, a lot of people don't think they don't get that, that, uh, that experience or that opportunity. So, you know, it's, it's golden. I want to dive into the difference of um, sarcoma versus other other uh, cancers and like mm-hmm. why why you feel like it's important to educate people on, on this, on, on this topic and make sure that they're aware of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is, it's, uh, there's so many different sarcomas, but the one that I had is called Ewing sarcoma. Okay. So it starts in, it can, it's either a soft tissue cancer, which means that it's everywhere but the bone and everywhere means like in a localized area, it hasn't metastasized or spread anywhere, or it's in the bone mm-hmm. in that region, wherever that area it's at. Um, so if it does metastasize, it'll go to the brainstem, it'll go to your lungs and it'll go to mm-hmm. your spinal cord. So having early detection and understanding what a stage you're in is very important because it just, you know, it just travels everywhere and then, then it takes over and pass mm-hmm. away. But, um, 
so it affects the limbs and it will be deeply embedded in like a cavity. So it might be like really deep down in here in your, uh, what is this, your? Clavicle? Yeah. Clavicle, yes, there you go. In your <laughs> clavicle, yes, your collarbone, clavicle. So it could be deep down, down in here. Yeah. They can get it like up where their knees are at, like in the socket up there. And you won't know about it because you can't see it, mm. you know? A lot of people, and that's what people just, they don't understand. Like some people come up back with PTSD. They don't think it's real because they can't see it on them. It's mm. like it's in their head, but that's a different story. So with this, it's like it's embedded inside the body and it will be, you know, in the legs or the hip area or um, in the stomach. So you'll have pains or you'll have, your, you know, fractures or um, really dull aches. You're really tired. Um, but being aware of these symptoms and then going to the doctors and figuring out what it is that you have and you need to go to a specialist sometimes because a lot of people don't know about this cancer. So you get misdiagnosed. I got misdiagnosed. They thought I had something called a nerve sheath tumor, which is something completely different. <laughs> but, you know, but then after I got them, they're like, okay. Your biopsy cells that we took, they're, they're really old and they die, so we have to do a new biopsy. So that's when they did the new biopsy, and then they told me I had Ewing sarcoma. It would have been a, a different type of treatment. They would have treated me for the wrong disease. I could have died. I could have lost my leg. But luckily, you know, I had a, a really good hemop team, and they figured it out. But just being aware of the different uh, symptoms and talking about it, it's really important. A lot of people don't know about it. I didn't know about it. I never heard about this ever. So I'm, I'm curious in terms of, I think that there's a level of like preparation that we can do to like be, be prepared for something. And then there's like going into, all right, now I'm looking for a, a problem or something wrong. Like what's, what do you feel is the balance between like, cause you're, you're super positive, you're super encouraging. And you're also at the same time saying, Hey, be prepared. Know if there's something going on, like you have to be aware of this, this specific thing that might be hard to detect. Yeah. Oh gosh. I don't know what the perfect balance is. Like I, I couldn't tell you, you know, I, I don't feel like, like if my, only because I'm like, I'm aware of what the symptoms are, but if I was somebody who didn't know, I wouldn't, I'm not sure if you would know to bring your son who has like a sore elbow right. to the, like, you know, to an oncologist or something like, mm. I'm not quite sure what the perfect steps would be. I just know that it should be it should be talked about more and the doctor should be more educated about that type of cancer mm. so if they see those those red flags they're able to jump on it sooner um versus versus later but i don't know what the perfect per, the perfect balance would be i have i am not even sure i'm still learning <laughs> yeah. well I, I think that's that's it is like you know cuz i think there's when something goes wrong when something's not working right that's usually when people look for a solution right mm -hmm. and I, I i love your cause and your mission and it's like it's because you experienced it firsthand that you're such a champion for it right like that's that's something that's really important i'm wondering what what does it take for you especially if you're inspiring this movement of people to become more aware and know what their options are and get education out there what does it take for people to want to get involved and want to join you and want to, you know, share more information about this if they haven't experienced it themselves, you know? Right. 
Well, I think it would be great to not only spread to like the public, but educate the doctors. Mm. Talk to the doctors. Let them like I'm trying to um, do a couple of well, they got canceled because of the coronavirus. But I was going to be talking to a team of oncologists about my experience and what was going on, and you know, letting them know what the symptoms are and how can we improve them for early detection and letting them then know what it is because. Yeah. I got misdiagnosed because right. they didn't know the science. They didn't know what, what are they looking for. It's so rare. A lot of people don't have it. And I believe it's like 200 people a year get this type of cancer. And it's oh. usually little boys. Wow. Okay. You know, what? so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I know, I didn't fit the description at all. It's probably why wow. also they kind of ruled it out. Wow. They're probably like, you know, she's not a little boy. She's not 14. She's not a kid. <laughs> and you know, um, she's African American, so you know, <laughs> we that out. However, that's not the case. So wow. just yeah, um, educating them, let them letting them be aware about it. Um, yeah, and, and I think like I don't know why it wouldn't be so uh so popular for like not not the little kids, but like the um the the parents who are raising their children because it's a child it's a child cancer, little right, kids right. get so I don't know. You know, I, I don't know how we could bring awareness to it. Maybe more, you know, more runs or some commercials or, um, you know, speaking about some products that helped it, but definitely trying to figure out how to drive this awareness. And I'm really trying to start with the doctors because yeah. they're the ones who, when we as patients come to them, we're looking to them to give us answers. Yep. And if both of us are clueless, that could be risking somebody's life, their limb. You know, you can't get that back. So educating them first and, and um, getting them equipped with the right terminology and the right, um, uh, the right jargon of what it is and the treatment mm -hmm. plans, I think that's really important. So I'm trying to start with the doctors first, yep. trying to speak with them um, about, you know, what's going on. And, and then from there, maybe they can have little pamphlets, you know, when you um, – and you do your kids physical, you know, yeah. and you can find out some stuff about that or, you know, I don't know. Well, I got, I got to figure that out, but this is, this is good. I, I, I think, um, another thing that would take it to the next level is, uh, your, your doctor's testimonial, like being able to create some kind of, you know, thing that you share with the doctors who you talk to. And maybe you do, maybe you do tell them like, here's what my doctor would have done differently. You know, how they would have approached it differently that you can take, you know, preventative actions on and not have to go through those same, you know, mistakes or poten potential misdiagnosis, something like that. Um, right. so it's like, speak to them in a way of, of someone who they respect or relate to. Um, that's number one. But number two is, also more stories of other patients, right? And how they, they recovered. And that's also on interviews too, like doing this and news, speaking in public, whatever it might be. You have a story and like, how can you bring in other people's stories? Like a little a little boy, right? Like I'm sure there's a lot of parents who would relate to a story of a little boy who got it and fought it and, you know, survived or whatever it might be um, more than let's say you, if, if they, you know, are, if they have a little boy, but they don't have a, you know, 20 something year old or 17 year old daughter or whatever it might be like that would relate to them more. So it's like just creating more stories that could relate um, depending on who hears it, you know? Right. That's really important. I think that is great. And I have so many people that reach out to me. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist or anything like that. But I have so many. My Instagram is full <laughs> of people 
from India, from Germany. Wow. Uh, I have lots of them from Germany, lots of them from India. I have a couple mm -hmm. from like the States. I have somebody in New York. Um, and they'll, you know, they'll send me messages like, hey, I saw your I saw your story. I have a couple of questions. And then they'll just, whatever the questions are. And I'm like, okay. And I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I just tell them what my experience was, what I went through, what mm -hmm. they can, what I experienced, what they potentially could expect, you know, um, from the treatment or the side effects. Mm -hmm. Or I'll tell them about, you know, a certain vitamin that I was on or, um, you know, are making sure they have X amount of liters of um, hydration after the treatments because that's so important to be hydrated to yep. flush out the toxins. But I'm definitely I have like a book inside <laughs> of my inside of my my um, my messages. It's 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 amazing, you know. And a lot of people have recovered. A mm. couple of them, you know, they've they've um, I, they would stop messaging me, and then I would find out that they passed away, and I'm mm. like. You know, that's really sad. I was talking to one girl, her name was Brenna, mm -hmm. and she was in, I think it was in Vermont. And we were, you know, talking back and forth, and she had just ordered my book, and she was reading it. She was really happy. And then she kind of, like, stopped. We stopped communicating for, like, a month, and she wrote me back, and her she said her cancer came back, and this time it was somewhere else. And I'm like, hey, it's going to be all right. You know, try, try these things. Let's talk to your doctor here. Like, trying to give her advice. I'm doing research about stuff and trying to help her out. And then communication just stops. There's nothing for months. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I don't know. And then I'm like digging around doing research and I find out she passed away. And I'm like, that is really sad. She was hilarious. You know, mm -hmm. she had so much, I think she was 22, you know, and it's just like, that's just so sad. That's the only like bad thing about talking to the cancer patients is sometimes they live and sometimes they don't. And I feel like how come they didn't make it, but I did. You know, like, what did I do differently or, you know, what could I have said or maybe I could have gave some better advice, you know, it's just a little hard sometimes, but I'm making a lot of friends. Yeah. More friends. <laughs> I'm making a lot of friends. It's, it's so, it's so good though that like, there's the realness of life and death, right? Like that it's a gift. Both of them are a gift. Life is a gift and even death is a gift and it's, it's not necessarily easy um, it's not always, you know, sunshine and rainbows. It's in fact, it's probably really difficult to, with these people who are, you know, on that verge. Some of them go on, they're champions and they survive. And it's like we celebrate that and they, you know, are thriving. They're alive. And then some of them, uh, they don't make it. Right. And in, uh, in those moments, what do we choose to focus on? You know, do we choose to like get frustrated and angry? And, and even what I heard you say is like, you know, I want, I want to make sure that I'm doing my best. I want to make sure that I got them the information that could have made the difference for them. And like really thinking about that yeah. and making sure that we don't go into like obsessing about it and also beating ourselves up over, you know, what didn't I do? You know, like, what did I do wrong? Instead coming from what could I have done differently in the future um, to, to make an even, even bigger impact? You know, I did the best that I could. I showed up. I served. I inspired. I had great moments. If the person lived, awesome. You know, I'm, I was a part of that. If the person didn't, like, hey, I was a part of those last great moments and doing the best that I could and, and right. bringing light to an otherwise pretty dark situation. And right. um, I think it's, it's uh, definitely a dance. It's definitely a, it can be tough in those yeah. times. Yeah, it can be hard, but I just tell myself everything happens for a reason. So mm. you know, whoever ended up passing away, like that was their purpose. That's what they did. You know, they're they're finished here and they're on to the next dimension. So 
I can't like harp on it and be or beat myself up about it because I, you know, tried my best and I give them all yep. the information that I knew that I had, <clears throat> you know, and I, I go as far as even finding them doctors, you know, and I'm mm. like, well, look at this doctor or look at yep. this person. Have you tried this therapy? Have you, you know, have you done this? Have, and I even, mm. I always tell them to watch the Law of Attraction. Yep. I tell them about the Law of Attraction. I tell them about the movie called Heal. I'm like, you guys have to watch these things and you have to implement it. Like, I don't know if that works. I'm not quite sure. All the research I've been doing says it does. So, you know, I just try to be a wealth of knowledge. I try to practice what I preach, for sure. Um, you mentioned a couple tools that you use and you teach as well to like stay high vibe, to move forward. You mentioned um, law of attraction. You mentioned heels or any other like tools, practices, resources that are like your go-to to stay empowered and move forward. I talk to myself a lot. Mm. So I say, if I say something in my head or out loud, and if it's, it's like a negative thing, I always tell myself, my negative thoughts are mm. so weak and they have no power. My positive thoughts are a thousand times more powerful and they're going to manifest quickly. So I'm always, if I say something like, oh, you know, it's not too great. I'm like, and I'll just repeat those things. I'm like, okay, so just mm. focus on the positive. And I, I daydream a lot. Like I just think about like how great it would be to like, to have this wonderful life and to have these things and the stuff that I want. But I definitely do a lot of like mental mentality things that, you know, uh, bring about what it is that I want to have yeah. and I want to experience. And then I look for those things that are going to manifest that into my life. So good. I love that. Like really staying connected with the possibility, with the future, with moving yes. forward rather than like what is, what has been negativity, fearful thoughts and, and like yeah. moving forward. Yeah. And what didn't work in the past. You don't want to continuously mm. bringing in those things that didn't work. So yeah. So if you go to a store and you and you get a necklace and every single time you go there it breaks, you don't want to go there. You want to go to another another place. You want to go somewhere else. You know. Yes. So yes. Why would you continuously keep shopping at the store that sells terrible products? You know, go somewhere that has quality. But just yeah. I just that's what I I've been doing with my life. I love it. I love it, Brandy. So let's start to wrap it up um, with a final takeaway for our audience. What do you really want them to get from this interview and, and take action on? All right. I would love for people, because the time is now, um, to focus on the future. You know, mm -hmm. let's not think about this terrible thing that's going on. Of course, being aware and stuff, but also knowing that what's happening right now is just temporary and yep. don't make any permanent decisions that are going to alter the future. For the worst, you know. So what's going on right now is not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. um, definitely um, learn from the past and take this time that we're in like an idle state right now and work on yourself and make those things that on your to do list, like the manifest, make them create, um, dream big. What's on your dream list? Like how can you make these things accomplished? We have so much time right now. So um, just using this time wisely and. Um, knowing that it's not going to last forever is so important, you know? And um, yeah, that's that's the takeaway today. Boom. I, I like to say it as this too shall pass, right? This too shall pass. It, does. it doesn't last forever. Yeah. It does. It's so, going to be just fine. So powerful. Brandy, let's tell our audience how they can stay connected with you and what do we want them to do next? All right. Um, they can stay connected on my Instagram. It's at brandyl.benson. Mm -hmm. And my website is www.brandyelbenson.com.
Beautiful. I love it. Brandy L. Benson. That's Brandy, B-R-A-N-D-I, L. Benson, B-E-N-S-O-N.com. And uh, Brandy, you're a powerhouse. It's an honor to help you get your message out and especially, um, you know, just like brainstorming on ways that we can increase the impact and increase people jumping into the cause, supporting how they can. You're, you're doing such great work in the world. And for everyone who wants to amp up their resume, get some professional services done and uh, improve their interviews, the star formula, like, oh my gosh, so, so good. Uh, definitely get in touch with Brandy. You're, you're a powerhouse. Yes. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me today. You're welcome. We'll see you soon, okay? All right. Bye-bye. From the bottom of my heart, Thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, Head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.